When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Auditions are underway. That's the word from Tom Izzo, who for the first time this week publicly acknowledged that Michigan State's roster could look significantly different next season. Very interesting for those of us who have slogged through this season. We will discuss the head man's comments and several other topics on episode 23 of M Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. Happy Friday, Spartan Nation. Brandon Champion, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel here with you on February 19th, 2021. Matt, uh, how's it going? You got big plans for the weekend? Uh, zero, uh, as usual. So hopefully it doesn't snow again and I don't have to go out there and uh, throw up my back again, dealing with uh, another foot of snow. What do you do for fun? You never have plans. Do you have fun? Well, there's this whole thing called a pandemic, which kind of prevents (laughs) you from having, uh, having plans and, you know, seeing people and, you know, I, I try to be responsible. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to point out that I tried about five times to get this guy on the golf course last summer um, yeah. when it was totally safe and failed to do so. So I'm, I'm not, <laughs> not buying the pandemic excuse. <laughs> I'll accept your invites, Kyle. You want to invite me on the golf course, I'll come I, join you. I, so. I, 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 that sounds good. I think we can expense that, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a bonding for the Spartan Confidential right. Podcast. Maybe we'll record an episode from the podcast. Does Michigan State have a golf team? Maybe we can get a coach on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, that all aside, um, I'm doing better than I was all week. As you guys know, we don't, I mean, we don't usually record on Friday, but uh, I didn't have power. My internet was sketchy all week. And worst of all, I didn't have heat. So my, my furnace took a crap uh, this week. So uh, I'm like six grand in the hole. I was thinking about emailing Matt Ishbia. Maybe he could, you know, <laughs> I'm like, hey, listen to this pod. We gave you all sorts of props. Can you throw six grand my way? Because uh, I definitely don't have that kind of money. But yeah, I've been, I've been colder than Michigan State's jump shots all week, man. It has been freezing over here. Yeah, we, we didn't want teeth chattering in the background on the, um, <laughs> on the pod. So, we, so probably a good thing we, we delayed yeah, icicles like coming out from my <laughs> nostrils, and uh, yeah, it it got down to like uh, I think the lowest it got temp in the house was thirty nine. So uh, it was pretty cold, but it's all fixed now. Uh, had to spend some money, but hey, we got a, a nice new furnace in the house, little peace of mind. So uh, it's heating up in here, and it's heating up today on the Second Day Film Podcast. We got some hot, spicy topics to discuss today, uh, Michigan. Uh- you just said second day film podcast did i really yeah apologies uh that's the other podcast i do (laughs) on the spartan confidential podcast we've got some hot spicy uh uh things to talk about today including tom izzo's comments uh i thought tom izzo for the first time all season was 
uh, perhaps candid uh, about the current situation that the team is, is sort of backhandedly uh, admitting that the ter- NCAA tournament seems uh, pretty slim. Um, so it'll be interesting to talk on that. We also got a surprise decommitment. We've also got some football news and you guys sent in some questions. So we'll try and get to them as well. If you could please, please like rate and review the Spartan confidential podcast on uh, Apple podcasts or wherever you listen, uh, it'd be very much appreciated. Check out our coverage on MLive.com slash Spartans and tell a fellow Spartan about it. We'll be here talking about it all the way through, even if the team uh, is not in March for the first time in a couple decades. So let's get into it. Kyle, uh, you were you were there uh, talking to Tom, uh, as was the rest of the media contingent. Lots of interesting questions being shot uh, at Tom. And I thought for the first time all year, he had some really interesting responses. So what was your takeaway from, uh, was it yesterday's press conference? How, what yeah, it was. Uh, it would have been Thursday. We're speaking on Friday. Uh, yeah, he, um, he he's been honest through this whole thing, and, and I'll give him that. Um, he hasn't he hasn't shied away from it. Um, and most interesting thing, and and if you're uh, on social media reading M Live, you've seen these comments by now. But got asked uh, by Brendan Quinn of the Athletic, um, just how, how much you kind of look forward now. You know, not not to discount. You know, this team is going to still try to win as many games, you know, they're not ruling out um, some late run here, but um, I, I think you can turn an eye, you know, towards the future and, and development and who, who's got a spot for next year as far as a rotation spot. And um, is your response, you know, first of all, it was you always do that at the end of a year, whether you think you're going to a final four or you think you're going to the NIT um, you looking at young guys at the end of every season wondering, okay, you got to show me something to set yourself up for the off season to potentially get a starting spot or rotation spot or whatever. But um, he took it a step further this year because obviously um, this year is very different from most other years and said that um, guys are uh, auditioning this year. And um, I, I want to bring up the full quote just so we, uh, um, just so I don't, I don't say it wrong. Guys are up for an audition right now. You've got to see some progress made or there's got to be changes. And maybe they feel the same way. That's the way it is in the world right now. So changes, um, he went on to make very clear in case it wasn't already. That means guys transferring, leaving the program. Um, And um, he went on to talk about scholarships and called them a two-way street. Um, So it it doesn't take a detective to see what he's getting at there. He's talking about um, Michigan State um, parting with guys, maybe maybe suggesting some guys um, not come back if they don't think that they're putting forth the effort or, or if they're developing the way that they need to be. Um, and that, that's a pretty remarkable thing to say. It's one of the more surprising things I've heard coming out of his mouth. Um, to my knowledge, I don't believe he's ever done that in his 26 years. I can't remember Brandon, you know, more of the history than I do. I can't remember a guy ever being run out, out of Michigan state under time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so to hear, and whenever it's come up, he, he's pretty proud of that. It's never happened before. So to hear him broach the possibility of it happening, um, it's pretty surprising, but I'm, I'm also kind of of the mind that, I don't know, this is the same time as though who talks about playing his own defense every single October and it never happens, you know? So <laughs> it, it could be that time as though talking here where um, uh, I'll be curious to see um, if, if it actually happens at the end of the year, but if there aren't transfers, I would, I wouldn't be, I would be surprised. I, I think transfers will happen. I don't know if we'll ever know how much it was the team wanting them to transfer the player, how much it was mutual. But I, I, I just got the sense overall from that, that, that transfers are coming one way or another. 
Yeah. This I, is like uh, now Tucker uh, yes. comments back in November, compete to play, <laughs> compete to stay. That was after one guy had entered the portal, <laughs> and they are now at 17 and counting. So. Wow. You're I don't saying, think I don't think you can see that amount of uh, turnover on the basketball roster, though. <laughs> so you're saying that Mel, that Mel Tucker might be rubbing off on Tom Izzo? Is that what you're well, getting he, at? There? He's, he says they talk quite often, so maybe maybe that is a that's part. Of I, I do wonder if Tom Izzo's he still doesn't like the portal, but I wonder if he's accepted it as more of a fact of life in college sports now. You know, he has no choice it, at this point, right? I, I I wonder if you know for a while I think he was kind of. Um, kicking and screaming about it like he didn't want it to happen but I mean he's a pragmatist and, and he always has been and I think the point is going to be if other teams are going to clear out their rosters um, and make changes via the portal um, I think he's going to tutor a certain extent it's not going to be certainly like some other programs but I, I think part of it we wonder if he's starting to expect accept uh, the way of life in college sports these days. Yeah I think you saw that with Mel too because there was a quote attributed to him um, it was made off mic, but I've saw it floated out there on Twitter at the time where he had said there's there's no portal and transfer portal in the real world or something to that effect. Um, Which there absolutely I'm, is. Well, absolutely, <laughs> and, and you know, you, um, without even getting into the whole coaches leaving thing and, and you know, free to move wherever they want, and obviously that being the case with Mel, I mean, clearly if that was was his thought on it at that point in time, um, you look now and he's clearly embraced it because he realizes not only is this every is every program being involved with this, but if he wants to upgrade his roster right now, I mean, this is the only way to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. you can recruit and you have to do that, but um, there are some spots where you just absolutely need to bring in some veteran players, uh, some position groups to. Well, well, look back to last year. I'm not saying they would have, should have, could have, you know, opened up a spot last year, but they need a, they needed a point guard. They knew it last year and they didn't go get one. Um, and whether that's, whether they held out too long for cream Mane and that didn't work out, but they didn't have a lot of spots to work with last summer. And if, if that, if that's the reason you didn't get a point guard, um, maybe you're approaching it differently this summer. I don't know. I mean, I, I think he is. I mean, I don't think Tom Izzo makes comments like that without knowing something, you know, I mean, I, it's, it'd be shocking if maybe two guys didn't transfer out this year. You know, we don't need to speculate on who that's going to be. We know who people who a lot of fans would like it to be. We know who a lot of fans think it's going to be. I don't really want to get into speculation on things that we don't know anything about right now. We'll talk about it when it happens, if it does happen. But I do think, you know, Tom Izzo, it's, it's so interesting. A guy who, you know, has for so long prided himself on, you know, the consistency of the program, the family atmosphere, the, um, you know, that quote you mentioned, Kyle, the scholarship's a two-way street, as I said, we have an obligation to you, you have an obligation to us. That's always the way it is. Um, and then you have the other note here where Michigan State remarkably hasn't had a player transfer out since 2016, which Just is crazy. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, <laughs> that's remarkable consistency. And, you know, that's part of the reason why Michigan State has been such a successful program. They have that consistency where players grow throughout the years. They have the, the, the Spartan for life family atmosphere where guys are coming back, whether they're a one and done like Jaron Jackson or a, an all-time player like Draymond Green. They're always welcome back in, into the community. And, you know, I just think it comes down to having the season that they've had. There's just been a lot of turmoil. Nobody really knows where they fit in the puzzle of the team this year. You've Mm -hmm. got a top 10 recruiting class coming in next year with three guys who could conceivably get minutes right away. I think a lot of guys are just looking at their spots on this team and realizing that maybe somewhere else might be better for them to play. Yeah, in a certain sense, I don't know if this is going to be 
totally different than most years because listen, every year Tom Izzo sits down. Well, every player has it as an end of the season meeting at the end of every year, but for some of those players every year, the conversation is what is your role next year? And for some of those guys, the conversation is going to be, I don't see, you know, I have a hard time seeing what your role is on this team next year. Um, or we didn't, you didn't take the steps you needed to this year to solidify that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think this year, there are more guys who are going to be having that conversation than in most other years. Cause the conversations had every year, but there are more guys who fall into that category. And I, I think Tom is acknowledging whether the team suggests it or whether the player decides on their own. And I think that's more likely to be honest with you than a lot of these guys decide that these things are either mutual or the players decide on their own because players don't want to go somewhere, be somewhere where they don't want to play, mm-hmm. where they're not going to play. Um, so I, I don't think you need to like run a bunch of guys off. I think if guys, didn't have a year they wanted, weren't happy this year, and don't see playing time next year, they're, they're going to want to uh, make a change for themselves. So I, I think it's going to happen naturally. If there, I'll tell you, if there is some big blow up over a guy getting run off this year, um, this off some season, I will be surprised. Yeah. It doesn't seem to happen. It seems like either the players are in agreement and it's mutual or both sides keep quiet about it for whatever reason. But you rarely hear this like blowing up into it. But but I think we know, at least with Tom Izzo, is that he's going to be honest with his guys. You know, I don't, I, right. when they have those meetings, he's not going to sit there and sugarcoat things to try and keep a guy around who he doesn't think is going to get minutes. I mean, I think he's going to be honest with every player and say, look, you haven't come to where we were. We've got these guys coming in. We're going right. to look at the transfer portal this way. If you want to get starters minutes, it would probably be in your best interest to transfer. And I, I don't think Tom is going to sugarcoat anything. No, he's not going to. And, and the thing they'll do too is they'll say, hey, I know a lot of people here. We will help find your spot. And, and that's one of the reasons it kind of becomes mutual and why you don't see a lot of animosity, I think, after some transfers. Because, um, yeah, hey, uh, w- you know, if you want to go play in the MAC, we know a lot of people in the MAC. We can go find, tr- try to find your spot. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it'll happen. But um, I, I think, I mean, it was a remarkable thing to say. I'm not surprised it kind of blew up and became a big thing. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think this offseason, there'll be more transfers, but I don't think there's going to be much evidence that there's a lot of animosity there. Where I think it would end. Well, it'll be interesting to watch, that's for sure. But speaking of guys who are concerned about playing time or uh, perhaps getting in a rotation at Michigan State, uh, we got some news this week uh, in regard to the 2020 class and potentially a guy who may have come in uh, next year who's hinted at reclassifying, and it's Enoch Boyace, the Canadian big man, uh, five-star prospect in a lot of sites. Um, he's uh, currently ranked the 32nd uh, or t- well, 20th in the or 32nd in the composite uh, for 247 sports number four center in the country uh, he had committed to Michigan State sort of as like a, a surprise uh, when Michigan State was having that hot run in the summer uh, July 28th looks like is when he committed and I remember when we talked about it at the time Kyle we were kind of surprised that he had sort of been like the the guy that seemed like he was sort of like oh man I'm gonna ride this train too mm-hmm. um, but I found his comments uh, in his decision to decommit from Michigan State. I think he told Sports Illustrated um, that he said, quote, it's one of those situations where I have to do what's best for me. He indicated that there was a lot of big men on Michigan State's roster, which sent a collective groan across the fan base when we hear that he's looking at the current big men on the roster and using that as a decision not to come into Michigan State. But maybe this is more of a two-way decision uh, in a lot of ways, or maybe Michigan State just – didn't have room. I mean, what, what are you reading into this? Um, 
Oh, well, I'm glad you brought up that this was kind of a surprising commitment from the start. That way it doesn't seem like we're just hindsight 2020 because at the time it was, I mean, he was, he, I mean, he could reclassify, but right now he's a 2022 kid. So it was early in the process. They were recruiting him, but I didn't get the sense that they had made him like overall priority target number one, full speed ahead on him. Um, so it, it came pretty early, you know, some candidates and he's not, you know, he's not in their backyard or anything like that. So um yeah, it was a strange kind of commitment at the time. It, it was good. And um, what to make of it now, um, I don't know. I, his, his excuse to me, or his reasoning for me, I should say, um, you know, I don't get it. Um, it says, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, he says, he seems to indicate that because the team's bad this year, more bigs are going to stay around. Yeah, let me read that quote real quick from okay. your story. Quote, this is what he said to SI. He said this to Sports Illustrated, yeah. Yeah, to SI. Just doing a lot of research with my people and watching a lot of games. It looks like they will have a lot of guys staying, Biache said. I want to go a place uh, where I have the opportunity to make an impact right away. That's the number one goal of mine. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of big men on Michigan State's roster, but as we just talked about, there could be attrition. There could be movement. I don't well, know. For, it was weird. For, for one, it tells me that he clearly is planning to reclassify or was planning to reclassify right. Michigan State. Because after, if he were going to come in 2022, if you look at the scholarship charts, they're clearing the decks after that. Um, mm-hmm. They're getting a lot of guys off the scholarship chart. So if he wants to come next year, I, I still don't get, like, he seems to indicate that he thought somebody was going to be leaving and they're not going to now, um, which, like, Maybe Joey Hauser, but Joey would play four. You know, he can play alongside. Um, yeah, Watson. he's not a five. Um, so, like, did you think Marcus Bingham was going to leave? You know, I, I, I certainly didn't, or, or any of those other guys. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was kind of strange to me. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to be chicken little about this. It's one, it's one decommitment from a, a surprising one. It, it's not good. I'm not going to, you know, he's by all accounts a talented kid. You, you, you'd like to keep him. You'd like to get him. Um, get him in the program. Um, so it, it's not good, but um, I'm not going to read into anything major about Tom Izzo or Michigan State or whatnot based on one kid. You know, I think no. Michigan, I think last cycle had two five-star decommits and I think things are working out okay for them. So um, yeah. still a good class coming next year with or without uh, Mr. Imani Bates. Um, so I, I think you chalk it up to um, when you tread in these waters with these high-level kids, these things happen. So until I see more, I'm not willing to call anything more than one kid making a, making a decision for himself. No, it's no reason to panic. I mean, Michigan State's still after a lot of good players in the 2022 class. They're going to be in on a lot of good players. They're going to get their guys. I don't think this is any sort of uh, indictment that Tom Izzo has lost his touch on the recruiting trail or anything like that. But how much do you think you looked at Matty Sissoko's minutes? I mean, I think it's a comparable situation. Matty was the 41st ranked player in the country last year. He's the number nine center. He's played just over five minutes a game, having trouble getting consistent minutes. I know Tom said this week that he's going to get more minutes. Um, but, you know, just to briefly touch on the Purdue game, I thought Matty Sissoko had one of his best stretches of the year in that game. And then he doesn't even see the court in the second half, continuing this trend of baffling usage. I know you're going to defend Kithier. He leads the game in plus minus, but like, I'm not I just don't. Kithier. Okay. Well, I just don't understand. Like, how much do you think Boyache looked at the freshman this year? Uh, his minutes and was like, is that going to be, ne- be me next year? <laughs> um, if you want to tell me that Tom Izzo has underplayed talented big men, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you there. Um, 
Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. didn't play a whole lot of minutes. Uh, DeAndre Davis didn't play um, a whole lot of minutes. Yeah, uh, Brandon's rolling his eyes for those who can't see. I yeah, just had but, Syracuse flash into my brain. Don't, but I'll don't. say, like, <laughs> like, 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 this isn't new. You know what I mean? Um, I'm sure anybody recruiting against him, against Tom Izzo, brought that up. Um, uh, so I, I guess, like, if that's your concern, why did he commit in the first place? Just this, this the same as if – if the roster depth chart was a concern, why, why did he commit in the first place then? Because neither of those things changed this year. I mean, maybe they're highlighted a little bit more, but um, I, I, Mati Sissoko's minutes are not, don't mark a change, you know, from anybody. I mean, he, he could definitely be playing more, but seeing a talented but kind of raw freshman big man not getting quite as many minutes, that's kind of the tale as old as time here around Michigan State. Uh, because, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, to be fair, I mean, that's because there's a, doesn't like to throw in a guy over his head and likes to develop him kind of slowly. Uh, the Purdue game in particular, his, the reasoning was that they had switched their defensive coverage on Travion Williams and it involved more switching. And he wasn't sure um, if, if Madi, um, how Madi would be able to handle that. And if you do watch him closely, some of the, the intricate defensive stuff do, does seem to be a little bit more of a struggle, which, mm-hmm. you know, he's an African kid who's only played a couple, you know, language barrier, a couple of years of basketball, missed his senior year of high school. That's understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, it, it, it would make more sense to me than his, than his given one, but um, I, I guess it's possible, yeah. And we did see Tom say that he, to expect more minutes for Mahdi and Julius Marble this week, correct? Well, I, to, to, to defend against possibly being called a Kithier apologist because um, – and maybe I am because I, I, I give him more credit than most of the fans do, but um, they did but need – the fans are ready to blame this entire season on Thomas Kithier. On Kithier. Kithier does, Kithier <laughs> does some things well, but that stretch of the second half um, – not to dwell too much on the Purdue game, but that stretch of the second half, they pulled um, they pulled Julius out because he was tired. And I think they played Kithier for like eight minutes straight. And one of those plays, he goes up for a simple layup, gets blocked, and Purdue immediately gets to three. Like, that stretch needed to be different. That's not why they won or lost the game, but they needed Mahdi in there or they needed Julius back in there on a little bit less rest. So, mm-hmm. um um, there, there are moments like that you can pick out, but, um, you know, if we want to keep talking big picture, I mean, those aren't why they're winning or losing these games. It's more big picture uh, roster issues. Why there's winning. so many issues, why this reasons, why this team is losing games. I mean, it's not just one thing. There's, there's a litany of them. I mean, we could we've talked about them. We don't need right. to get into that again. We did get one question about Enoch Boyace. You kind of already answered it, but will Enoch Boyace's decommitment, what are the chances it leads to more decommits? I think we've both kind of indicated that we don't see this as any sort of pattern. Well, they, they only have one other, I mean, the other guys are signed. They're not, they're not going anywhere. Right. The only other D, the only other verbal commit right now is, um, Imani. And that's, yeah. uh, Imani's going to do what Imani's going to do. And Enoch Bacche, Bacche is not, uh, affect him at all. So no, um, well, well it, I, I tend to think that I actually don't think season results have that big of an impact on recruiting. Um, for the next class immediately after. I, I don't think guys look at a season results, single season results and make decisions as much as fans seem to think that they do. No, if go, that was the case, Indiana and UCLA wouldn't keep pulling in five, right. five star recruits. Well, you know? Guys want to go where they're going to play and guys want to go where they're going to get to the league. Um, and I think winning matters some. I'm not going to spit in winning matters nothing. So, you know, Michigan State still has a good history of winning, still a good history of getting guys to the league. 
Um, and if, if you feel like you're in a situation where you can play on that roster, then they're going to get guys just fine. So I'm not worried about that. Yeah, even look this year, we saw, you know, Stanford, Oklahoma State, all these traditional non-powers getting five-star guys because they could come in for their one year, develop for a year, then go to the league. I mean, I right. think that that's it's, it's not necessarily indicative of what's going to happen in the future. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. And, you know, even without Boyache, even if Amani doesn't come, Michigan State's going to get guys for 2022. I'm, I'm not really concerned about that. Imani's already paid off to me, whether you get him or not, you know, just, right. just the publicity and everything from getting him. So it'd be great to get him, obviously, but um, I, I don't, we can talk more about, about Imani later, but it, I don't, I don't see it being a trend at all. Right. All right. Well, let's transition to football. Michigan state's next game is Saturday at noon against Indiana. Correct. Yeah. Football? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we were talking about about football. The football team is not. I always do that. But the, I always. But the, but the basketball team, yes, will be. I always it. try and transition to football, and then I'm like, oh shoot, <laughs> I should probably say when the next game is, and then it, I've done that like three times. But yes, basketball noon on Saturday. But let's let's get into football. Uh, we'll bring Matt in here. There's been some player movement. Still, again, it keeps happening. Mel Tucker is mining that transfer portal. Also got a couple questions here, but Matt, why don't you get us caught up on the player movement? Um, well, like I mentioned earlier, there's 17 guys in the portal now. Eli McLean, he's a walk-on quarterback, was the latest. Um, so it just strikes me that maybe, you know, he goes to a smaller school looking to actually get playing time because he and- – you know, other than the spring game, he, he probably wasn't going to see it at Michigan State. Um, and thank God for Tom Izzo's comments, or we would have had to fill, you know, 40 minutes <laughs> talking about Eli McClain. <laughs> so obviously, I uh, wish him luck, but uh, they, Michigan State on uh, would have been well, a week ago now. It was last Friday night. They added another uh, transfer commit, Florida CB Chester Kimbra. So, bro, Kimbro, Kimbra, whatever you pronounce it, I don't remember. Uh, back to the, I don't remember it. I pronounce it names very well theme of this podcast, but um, yeah, I mean, this is clearly a position of, of need for Michigan state. I have talked about this before as, as they stand coming out of the mid-year editions in January. Um, Cause these guys won't, won't be able to join until the summer now. Um, you know, linebacker and cornerback are the two spots on the roster that are glaringly thin on depth. You know, they really bring back, you know, only two experienced linebackers and only two, um, scholarship cornerbacks, and that's counting um, Angelo Gross, who who was the starter at nickel. So, uh, yeah, they they desperately need to some some help with with corner and linebacker, and, and Kimbrough is a guy that can can do it. So he you know he was former three star kid who had an impressive offer list, um, fifteen tackles, three PBUs, and two seasons at Florida. So he's a guy that you know could come in and compete for a starting spot immediately, um, and we'll see what you know who else they add because they're <laughs> You know, it, it, it's interesting because unlike the recruiting so much, when, when you see guys announce offers, you really don't see it from portal guys, except I think it was the, it was yesterday. There's a defensive back from uh, New Mexico State, Jason Simmons Jr., who I think it was him that on Twitter announced, he's a portal guy and he announced an offer from Michigan State. And it's kind of rare because you just, you know, you know, you can see who the, the, who the staff members are following and kind of connect the dots. And some of these kids will talk about it publicly every once in a while. Um, but that's interesting. And, you know, Ben Van Summeren from, uh, he's a Michigan linebacker. He showed up there at fullback, moved to linebacker. He's a guy that, that Michigan state appears to be targeting. Um, Drayshawn Miller is a West Virginia corner. Michigan state appears to be in the mix there as well, or at least interested in him. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, like Mel said, he, he's going to be planning on adding guys all the way up to fall camp. So um, 
six transfer additions, five scholarship guys in January. Uh, there are two commits now hanging out there uh, with uh, Kimbra and, and Harold Joyner, the running back from Auburn who committed back in December, but didn't enroll. So uh, those two are out there. And then obviously the, you're going to see them add up to uh, what is it? Nine more guys. Well, minus the, Eight mm. now, I think. <laughs> Any word a little in the weeds on the math here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't envy you with the whole math thing, but uh, any word if uh, strain train Fridays are a selling point uh, for these players um, to come in? That is, that is a new development. I think what one weekend now, I think that yeah. was the first week of last Friday is when they became a thing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Obviously they're, you know, getting on social media to promote their strength and conditioning program. And uh, that started last week. And uh, yeah, I think you saw Jalen Hunt, who's a uh, redshirt freshman, redshirt sophomore, redshirt freshman defensive tackle, posted a video today, squatting 585 pounds. So uh, that looks heavy. Uh, <laughs> I have not lifted weights in a long time, but man, 585 for a squat. Yeah. I was thinking He's about hitting guy. the gym so I could join Strain Train Friday. You know? <laughs> I was like, you're gonna, you're not going to be able to get in that gym. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. But yeah, Jalen Hunt, this is a guy who was a running back, a part-time running back in high school. <laughs> and then he shows up at Michigan State at like 320. So... Oh. Well, I mean, that was the plan was to to move. He was a he was a big running back. He's a Bellevue kid, yeah, um, Belleville kid. But uh, uh, yeah, he he's got a promising future. He might be a starter this fall. They already got thirty six running backs on the roster at this point, Matt. We don't we don't need any more. <laughs> I'm sure there's a package where you could give him the ball. <laughs> yeah, well, the uh, was it the. Uh, Jack Allen special? Yes, yes. I think Jack Penn's, Allen's Penn State. Yeah, they started a war with Penn State. Yeah, Penn State yeah. is still pissed about that. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they, that for sure. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, we it's uh, it's it's. Uh, I love all this player movement. It's exciting. I like seeing these guys coming from all over the country. It's um, it's just different, you know. So uh, we did get some sort of. Uh, I don't even know if they're sort of off-field operational questions. And Matt, I don't know how much you can even really say anything about these but they're they're kind of because i guess they're kind of speculative but whatever this is a podcast we can speculate a little bit uh percentage chance that spartan stadium is at least 30 percent capacity this fall uh you know i would say maybe so 30 percent that's about twenty two thousand. um i just used a calculator for that i'm not gonna <laughs> lie um i would say geez, i think I the number could four, be lower fit, 40%, 30%. So 40% um, chance that it well, could be I just, 30% full just for those key things. Yeah, sure. I mean, I just, <laughs> I, you know, I just think that, you know, with, with the vaccine rollout, um, you know, if you're optimistic about the timeline that's been created, um, I think it's possible. You just saw the NCA today announced that, uh, what, up to 25% um, capacity for the NCAA tournament, for the men's basketball tournament. So if they're going to try and do that in February or in March, I'm sorry, I think, you know, by the time you get to September, there's, there's a chance that you could see 20,000 people at Spartan Stadium. So, so as of right now, the Big Ten is not allowing any ticket sales. So, like, that's why basketball, even like the schools in Indiana where it's a little looser or not having fans. I, I would imagine that has to change by football, right? Um, yeah, they need the money I, too. <laughs> I, yeah, I think there might be 14 athletic directors picketing outside <laughs> Big Ten headquarters if they keep that up. So, um <laughs> I assume the Big Ten opens the, opens the door for that, I would think. Yeah, we got to have some fans. I mean, it's a 75,000-seat stadium. Come on, you can space people out in there. I mean, there's 
Really, especially if some of them are vaccinated. I don't really see any reason why, you know, why it couldn't happen. But, you know, these are developments we're going to have to track all through the spring and fall. Obviously, it goes way beyond, you know, the Big Ten and Michigan State. I mean, they got state governments interfering here, getting involved. So they're going to have a say. They're the authority. So it's going to be interesting to track. I hate having to worry about all this off the field stuff, but you know, this is the world we live in now. So um, another operational question, football and men's basketball are the revenue producers. How long can MSU continue to field their sports programs with such severe loss of income, which minor sports would most likely to have to be discontinued or defunded. Of course, this comes as we have the swimming and diving uh, story, uh, which I know Matt, you have been following. So uh have you heard anything? Is there any other sports you think that could be at risk of losing uh, funding? I, I mean, Kyle remembers this when they, when they cut the swimming and diving program, you know, Bill had said, basically they don't think they're going to have to cut anything else. So if, if that's the case, then, you know, then, then I guess it would be a no, I guess we'll also have to see um, what happens with the swimming and diving lawsuit. Cause they've, they've filed for, they filed a Title IX lawsuit, obviously, and they're seeking, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a preliminary injunction to reinstate the team for the following season. And what's interesting is this is basically what happened, the same thing that happened at Iowa. And the team, the women's swimming diving team sued. They got the injunction granted. And Iowa just, uh, I think it was earlier this week, um, announced they reinstated the program. So I'm not saying that's what's going to happen at Michigan State, but um as of now i don't i don't see any other sports being cut um but and it's a possibility they might have to add swimming at least women swimming back to me swimming was always in a unique boat because they needed a large one-time um facilities project they need a new pool um so that always kind of maybe put them a little bit closer to the chopping block for me because um, because of that. And I, I think the pandemic made it clear that that wasn't going to be happening anytime soon. So I, I think they were kind of in a category of their own. So I, I'd be surprised. I mean, I think they, they put themselves from what I understand, we haven't talked to Bill Beekman in a while, but you know, I think they put their finances as such, you know, whether that's through furloughs or layoffs in the athletic department and, and other cost cutting that I think they can make it through this year. So I think as long as they have a season next year and get some fans i i would think that they they start getting back to normal i believe the latest number i saw in the swim lawsuit i think it was 22 million budget deficit i will say too that cutting more sports would look pretty bad after when while they're breaking around for um the new taj mahal of football the the uh, optics were not great in the timing of the uh donation to say the least yeah yeah well which i mean to be fair matt ishbia can spend his money how he likes to absolutely uh, how how, how he wants to so we're not um we're not faulting him but it i I don't blame you for being mad if you're a swimming and swimming supporter because it's it, it very clearly uh, illustrates the haves and haves not and have nots in college athletics. Well, Matt Ishbia didn't spend his formative years in the swimming program. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is there. Uh, we did get a question regarding Ishbia uh, here. Um, it said, sorry, Kyle, I just got a brief chuckle there when you talked about swimming being in its own boat. It was like a little bit of, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I noticed that not, not in their own boat. Actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was actually a, a high school swimmer. I have some, some empathy for the swimming program. So you were on the swim team. I, I was, yes. A, oh. a, for, a, a former swimmer, not good enough to swim at any place like Michigan state, but, um, nice. yeah, but I, I can, I can, t- well, I can tell you too, that, um, they're, uh, the, the pool situation, like like the pool there was worse than most high school pools. So like they, they really, really need a pool there. 
It was better than Cadillac, Michigan's, because we don't even have one. So, (laughs) you got skiing up there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Yeah. Well, we did get one question. Has Beekman given any hint as to when Ishbia's gift will impact the program in a physical sense of dirt being moved? Uh, No. Um, I mean, obviously, the I think we've talked about this before. There's a twenty million dollar earmark for football, so they're gonna build the Tom Izzo football building. But (laughs) um, when when they had the press conference announcing it you know, both Mel and, and Bill were asked that question directly. And, and there wasn't a clear answer. Mel made a joke about having a, a shovel in the trunk of his car and getting started that afternoon, but um, <laughs> he's a hard hat kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Basically uh, you know, Bill said, you know, we're, we're going to do it in phases. We're in the planning for phase one stage right now. And it, you know, they'll get to it when they get to it. So well, I, I, obviously they want to get started quickly, but um, you know, I, I don't know. I, Something got leaked, I think, onto YouTube, or I think it got posted accidentally onto YouTube, where it was a presentation in the athletic department mm-hmm. where they were going through all the blueprints, and they seem like they've done a lot of planning to me. Um, whether oh, yeah. Hurt yeah. soon. Um, I mean, they can talk about phase one or going slowly, but it sounds like they want to know, they know exactly what they want to do, and it, it was not like uh, Matt you know, walked into the office with a check the other day and said, hey, I got something to drop off for you. So, <laughs> no, they said that They can pretend like they got plans to do, but it seems like they've done a lot to me. Yeah, it, it, they said it had been <laughs> in the work. Bill had said it had been in the works for about a year, maybe more, mm-hmm. and the, the video Kyle's referencing um, is available once again on YouTube <laughs> after being taken down somebody else posted but yeah it has you know an outlay for um the new football complex um, which would require relocating the tennis courts um there's a plan for uh, a severe upgrade of of jenison field house um also new um indoor uh, track facility so i mean it's very ambitious but you know you you see these plans all the time and and i always you know you need, it's great to make the plan. You need mm-hmm. the money. Now yeah, we've got I, some money. So the football thing should get moving as, as quickly as they can possibly get it going. I used to work in a certain West Michigan city that I'm not going to say, but they love putting out uh, an artist rendering of what this could look like. Uh, but we never really actually see too much getting done. You know, it's like a 25 year plan to actually get something going, but man, do they love their artist renderings in this town. I, so. I, I've seen some super fun artist renderings of um, Spartan stadium with expanded upper decks and, and all sorts of stuff. That's never, ever, ever going to happen. Well, it'll be girls, we'll, girls can dream. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, We'll continue to track all this, obviously. Um, I mean, it obviously can be, uh, we make fun and we're making jokes, but I mean, improvements like this, it's a never-ending arms race, as we call it these days in major college sports. I mean, you're just going to, these facilities, you know, while there might be some controversy as to where they're being spent, it is Matt Ishby's money. He can decide what he wants to do with it, as we said. And uh, it does help recruiting and optics. And, and is, if you want to compete with the big boys, this is kind of the stuff you got to do in 2021. Absolutely. So. And when that was one of the question I had from Mel about the recruiting thing. And he, he said he had already been talking to recruits about it. And this, yeah, it's dead on. Everybody's doing this. Penn State just yesterday uh, proved a $48 million plan to renovate their football. Northwestern. So, we just saw them do put oh, that facility. You know. Northwestern's got the yeah. view. The, you cannot That's beat nice. that view. 
Yeah. Uh, you, you can remind me of the timeline. I think it was about five minutes after Bill became athletic director, Antonio dragged him down to Clemson on a trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. was like and, a facilities tour, but basically it was to show him like, hey, that's what I need right there. Yeah. See that big building with a slide in it? Yeah, we yeah. need one of those. Uh, yeah. Bill obviously hadn't been in athletics very long, and I think, I think he got the picture pretty soon. So actually, I think Mark kind of got the wheels moving on this. Yeah, and you know what? Mark would bring up that the he would constantly reference, oh, facility upgrade, facility upgrade. He'd say it, and you'd kind of roll your eyes like, okay, but show me who's offing up the money. Um, but, you know, I think he clearly knew there was something in the works <laughs> with, with Matt. So MSU was uh, doing very well in um, mortgage uh, titans uh, that went to their school and like sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and mean, you know what? If you Mortgage back, titan you. <laughs> I think the timing is interesting because the – the, the Scandalaris building was, I think, opened in 2007 or 2008. I have to go back and look. So it was like right after Mark got there, they get a new football building. And now one season after Mel gets there, they already have the plans on, on upgrading it. And they just spent, uh, what is it, $5 million or whatever it was for, for upgrading the uh, Scandalaris. And that's not even completely finished. But that was more of a, that was like an offices upgrade. They expanded some space. I'd uh, have more offices and, and I think the, the athletics hall of fame in, in the adjacent building. So, and that's still to be completed, although most of it appears to be done. All right. Well, Kyle, I'm going to put you in charge of keeping track of all the things Michigan state is now the go-to university for, we've got kicker, you mortgage, Titan, you long snapper, you, uh, am I missing anything else or, uh, uh, I will do some research and get back to you next pod. All right. Sounds good. And on that note, we need to end this pod because we're, we're coming up on time here. Uh, but appreciate everyone for listening. Kyle, Matt, thanks for your insight as always. Have a good weekend, even if it's doing nothing. I, I appreciate that you are being responsible, uh, Matt. It's, it's, <laughs> I, you know, and I'm being responsible too. I'm not trying to act like I'm going out to, to bars and raging and stuff. I guess I just try and get out of the house in some way, any way possible. Um, But uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Spartan Confidential Podcast. Uh, Please like, rate, and review the podcast, and check out our coverage on MLive.com slash Spartans. Michigan State basketball, they're going to finish out the season. I'd like to see the guys continue to play hard. Um, Saturday at noon against Indiana would be nice to get a win uh, over the Hoosiers. It always is, especially since in recent years they've definitely had Michigan State's number. So would be good to uh, turn the fighting Archie Millers around and uh, get a win. But uh, like I said, appreciate everyone for listening. And until next time, have a good weekend. Go green.